All right, welcome back to Herald Review Outside the Box Podcast. I'm sports reporter Joey Wagner with sports editor Justin Kahn, and I think we have our first guest with the Wikipedia page, uh, Kevin, oh, Kevin Kozlowski, <laughs> former Royal, former Brewer. Uh, so first off, I mean, your claim, not claim to fame, but a big moment was, was hitting the home run off Nolan Ryan. I know you re- relived that a lot last year during the playoffs. How often do you think about that moment? Oh, every now and then. You know, someone will mention it to me. Um, and it's on YouTube. You can get out there and dial it up and see it. I always tease young kids that come in. Have you ever seen a mullet? They're like, uh, I don't think so. I'm like, well, watch this. You'll see one. <laughs> so tight pants, mullet, you know, had black hair then. It was cool. That was awesome then, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was 25 years ago. So Man. it's been a while. But, yeah. Uh, the kind of way I'm moving around now, you bad hip and a bad back. You know, sometimes <laughs> it feels like it never even was me, but oh, it was. So anyway, that that was a thrill. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, what are you thinking rounding the bases? Like, oh man, like did it sink in? Like, oh man, you no, know, I really don't. I, I remember it leaving the bat, thinking that you know I, I got it and and I knew it was gone, and um, I got to second base. Jeff Fry was playing second base for the Rangers, and he was a guy that was. Uh, I played a lot of ball in the minor leagues against and got to know him. He's kind of a smaller guy, and he gave me a wow, cause way to go, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I was back in the dugout, you know, really before yeah. I knew what happened and <laughs> sunk in a, about, you know, 10 years later. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, what a thrill, though. Yeah, I got the ball from Al Newman. He was playing with the Rangers, and uh, he was not in the game at the time, and he went and got the ball for me, and uh, he actually got in the game. Couple things later, and I was on first, and uh, got forced out at second, breaking up the double play. He landed like right on my kidney. I gave a Ugh, like that. And he goes, "You all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm okay." He goes, "You owe me hundred bucks for that ball. I got it for him. Like, no problem." <laughs> so he gave it to me, and uh, the Rangers came to Kansas City the next weekend, and I had one of the clubhouse boys run it over to the clubhouse there, and he signed it. It was just a ball to him. He didn't know what he was signing, but yeah, uh, yeah I've got it at home on the mantle. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about those days in a minute but I, I want to kind of take you back to high school a little bit you know when you were that period where you were at Moreau the early 80s 81 through what 84 or so yeah yeah, yeah. I mean that was uh, you know obviously the last decade has been really exciting for Moreau sports but you know until this run here that was the last time that Moreau really had that really great run of sports and that was obviously right. you were a big part of that you know what was that like you know baseball and football both made state with, with you on the team what, what was that run like and, and how did it how does it kind of compare to you know 2007 and some of the things that have happened since sure then? well uh, i'll back up a little bit 1976 was the uh, the first football playoff team at maroa and i was a junior uh, grade schooler at that age so i was out watching those guys play and you know they made an impression on me and uh coach thompson was the coach at the time and uh he he was uh you know, wanted to be feared. <laughs> you just, you know, he, you know, Coach Thompson's gonna be the coach in high school. But, um, you know, he he made the most out of you know, every player he had. Got the team to pull together and was a, a very detail-oriented coach. And those those years were were great. You know, I we were just had our M Club 60th banquet, which is an alumni group of of uh, Letterman up at Clinton this past Friday night, and I you know told the guys that you know my playing. High school football at Moreau is the most fun I've ever had competing in sports, and uh, you know it's such a thrill to go back and you know work the chains now. But you know, getting getting back to to the or the early '80s, um, you know, it was really exciting. The, the communities really pulled together like they do now. Um, so there's something to be said for smaller schools when things go well with sports. I mean, it just really gets everybody to gel, and we were fortunate enough to to be pretty good my whole high school career in in uh, just about any sport that we played to a level that you know we made the state finals a couple times came up short twice um 
but looking back, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Now, was Fred Thompson the coach of both the football and the baseball team at that time? Was that, that the case? Yes. Yep. So, yeah, got, yeah, you know, Josh now, and no knock on Josh, but Josh has 10 guys lined up to wanting to help coach, <laughs> you know, every year. And, and Coach Thompson had Bubba. You know, he helped him. We had a couple other coaches, but, you know, he was pretty much uh, taking the orders, bagging the fries, and serving the food, you know, <laughs> himself. So. You, it's funny you mentioned him, you know, as a, when you're younger, he was such an intimidating presence, but, you know, obviously high school went well. And, and then I was reading something before you came in afterwards, you know, he, he came to some of your early Royals games, uh, you know, so you guys kind of became close. Yeah, we really did. Um, he, he actually would, would come to minor league games. He was living in Indianapolis when I was playing in Louisville. He would, he would show up and I wouldn't even know he would be there. And after the game, he'd yell, cause, Hey, I'd look up, there's coach Tom's, you know, why didn't you give me a call? <laughs> you know, I don't have anything else to do, but show up at the park. But, but, uh, he was a big fan of mine. I was a big fan of his to this day. And uh, he's living down in Dolphin, Alabama now and uh, okay. not doing well health-wise. Um, I actually spoke to him last Friday. He's watching uh, his granddaughter play golf, and he told me I've got about four to six months to live. And uh, he, he's had cancer for quite some time, but he just sounded at peace with it. And, uh, you know, he's just doing the most he can with the time that he has and enjoying his life. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, you went from that that really dominating run in, in high school then you're drafted out of high school and all of a sudden you're in the minor leagues and and I mean that had to be a really you know jarring change just because you had had such it was so successful in high school and then and I know that first year for you in the minors was wasn't easy I mean what, what was that uh yeah. what was that jarring change like well for you? just I was thinking last night my daughter just turned 17 last week and I don't know why I was thinking about this last night but I was 17 and left and I went to Eugene, Oregon and played and uh, I had no clue. Man, I got out there and I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and I remember uh, Tom McDevitt was at Eastern Illinois University. He was the baseball coach there and he had seen me play and he flat told me, he recruited me, he goes, I don't have the scholarship to give you. Uh, I'm sure some other place will, but if there's anything I can do to help you, just let me know. He says, I'll be happy to help you with your hitting. And I was thinking, I'm hitting 500. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, I don't think I need a lot of help. I went out there and hit 190. I'm like, man, I should have called Tom or something. But it was a struggle. Yeah, man, it was it was rough. And uh, but you know, I got done with that season, and my scout told me that the Royals expected me to hit about 200. You know, and that that year they drafted a lot of high school guys, which was fortunate for me. Um, and I was in, I got picked by the right team. And uh, but but that year was an eye opener for me. We won 19 games out of 70. Oh um, I remember the first week out there facing guys that had just pitched in the College World Series, and I'm thinking, man, I just finished my high school <laughs> season at Moroa, and you know it, it was a you know baptism by fire for sure. Now we had talked a little bit before we started here about um, you know you growing up and, and your friendship with Larry Nix, who, who um, we all kind of know from a, as a di from a different nickname. You, you guys all call him Bubba. Oh, yeah. From Candy here, Man. we always call him Candy, Candy yeah, Man, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, one of the great stories from, from the article from a couple of years ago that, that the Herald Review did was, um, you know, you working on your, you know, over the offseason, you would go to the, the bank of Moroa, right. where, where Larry's wife worked, and you guys would go up there, and he had a, a batting cake. And, and that really helped your swing. I mean, that really kind of helped correct your swing at that time. Sure, that's all we had. I mean, it was it was Bubba Nix, Jan would pick up balls, Dad would come up every now and then, but we'd roll up the bank, you know, three or four times a week, about seven thirty, and it would be freezing up there. 
Um, sometimes there'd be snow on the windowsill. We hung stadium lights, and the, I think the room was probably 55 feet long. So you're hit from about 45 feet, crank it up, and, and go. And uh, that's where I trained for years. And yeah, no one knew it. So the president of the bank, the bank Janet. Yeah. So, so, yeah. The ba so the president of the bank, he, yeah. was, he, was, uh, he signed off on this. He yeah, was good so with it. people okay. would, you know, we're upstairs on this old building, and uh, people kept complaining, like, there's so much dust on my desk. You know, where's this coming from? You know, so I hit a lot of ground balls into the wood floor, and it just rattled down, you know, 100 years of dirt in the floor. <laughs> Settle around there. You know, but that's what we had. That's what I did. How does this idea come up? Like, whose idea is it? It was his idea. He said, hey, there's an old junk room up at the bank. Let's clean it out and hang a cage. I'm like, all right. So we did. Bought a, I still use the pitching machine. Still throws 100 balls in a box, and you'll still throw them right there. Um, but, wow. yeah, we used a KCA Tech machine and uh, dimpled balls. And, and you videotaped yeah. it as well. Yeah. Which Video is, you know, there. Think, yeah. I mean, that was pretty early in the in the video revolution, correct? Yeah, the I mean, big camera, the VHS or whatever, and, yeah, try to figure out what you're doing. <laughs> and you found something during those sessions, correct? Yeah. I f saw I wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest with you, man, playing minor league baseball and really professional baseball, and this is no knock on any of the coaches that I had, but there was a lot of, you know, stay back, throw your hands, don't pull off, um, just the kidding cliches without a lot of explanation. And it was pretty much, you go out there and try to figure it out. And everybody else is trying to figure it out too. And a lot of guys didn't. And fortunate enough for me, I was, I was fast and I could play defense. I'd hit 250, 260. Mind my manners, you know, showed up on time, and that just bought me some time until I figured it out. Um, but yeah, it was it was just survival of the fittest every day. You'd show up and just try to survive, and <laughs> it was mentally challenging. Before you got to the majors, you played nine years. Eight in, years. In, yeah. Eight years in the minors. Okay, so I mean, you eight had nine. It's eight nine. <laughs> yeah, right. <whatever. laughs> so you had to have played with. I mean, during that's a long stretch. You had to have played with and against some pretty memorable competition, I would I would think, and probably has some pretty memorable times. Who who are some guys that uh, kind of stand out from for you during that that time? Oh man, that was it's been a while. Um, well, I, I guess from uh, the Royals' perspective, um, you know, coming up with uh, Jeff Conine and Brian McRae and those guys, we kind of started out at the same level, and they got there you know, sooner than I did from a competition standpoint. Um, man, I, I couldn't really tell you the name. Frank Thomas comes to mind. I mean, he was a minor league, you know. I mean, there's there's loads of them. they just not popping off the top of my, you know, tongue right now, but uh, hundreds, hundreds of guys. Sure, and yeah. At one point in probably my third or fourth year in spring training, you know, you're looking at all these guys. At the minor league level, there's – five to seven teams in minor league camp so do the math on that about 40 guys on a the team then there's a big league camp going on with probably 60 guys there and they're keeping 25 i counted over 100 guys at one point that i thought would have to break their leg quit get traded or something for me to get to the big leagues Oh, man. This, was early, like, this was early on? In that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the odds were not in my favor, you know, that I do that. But it's just, it's it's hard to, uh, you know, explain the, the competition that goes on. And it does not let up. During that time, was it was there ever, I mean, I, surely there were moments where you're like, I'm never making the big leagues. I mean, did that, or were you always like, I'm going to make it? I think I was naive enough to think I could play. 
but at one point when I got sent back to um, Class A ball for the fourth year, Florida State League, after really having statistically a better year than any outfielder that moved up, I didn't play the first three games, and I went in and um, talked with John Bowles. He was our minor league coordinator, and I asked him for a raise. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know? And I said, well, I was here last year, you know, I, you know had to be, and I'm back here again, this and that. He kind of just said, close the door behind you, you know. So then I go in and I talk to one of the coaches. I'm like, give me one reason why I should keep playing. And this guy did not bat an eye. He goes, you can play defense better than anyone we have in the organization, including the big leagues, with the exception maybe of Bill Jackson. And I said, really? He goes, I'm not kidding you. And that was enough for me to just shut up and just wait my turn. And I think probably a week later, someone got hurt and I played every day that year um, and then kind of started moving up from there. So this so. Yesterday, I think is yesterday, a Sports Illustrated piece broke about Tommy Pham, the center fielder for the Cardinals, and he went through the same thing. And he, well, he's a lot better than I was going through it. <laughs> and he was a little <laughs> more uh, more vocal uh, about some of his, his. Yeah, I read anger. that article last night. Were you able to relate to any of that? Did you understand? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I get this. I, I understand why you're upset. And well, you know, I was never really, I don't know, I never really. He kind of calls some names out in the article. Like, I am better than yeah. Scotty and yada, yada, yada. No, I never did that. But, you know, you get to a point where you're like, what else do I have to do? You know, and you don't understand really what's going on. And in the big picture thing, they'd always, they'd always tell you, as long as you've got a shirt, you've got a chance. And you're like, whatever. But that's true. And it really doesn't matter what level you're playing at. And what I finally realized is, if I took care of my business, that's all I could control. I couldn't control what who was getting called up, you know, for whatever reason or why, regardless of if I'm hitting better or whatever. And I quit worrying about that stuff. And it just took the pressure off me, and I just went out there and focused on me. And it really made me a better teammate. Because, you know, it's weird rooting for a guy who's, you know, potentially yeah. going to take your spot. So, I mean, that, that's a big adjustment, too, coming out of high school or college, for that matter, going into professional level, that you've got to try to balance the, you know, selfishness. You've got to be selfish to an extent, but still be a team player. And there's a lot of guys who are just flat selfish. And some of those guys get to the big leagues, and they're awful teammates. And they, they generally bounce around from team to team, and you'll, you'll see that. And they could play 15 or 20 years doing that. But, you know, for, for me, once I just realized, hey, I, I just need to figure out me you know and and focus on what i can do control and do my best and then see where the chips fall mm-hmm. uh, so when you finally get the call take away the on-field obviously that's drastically different but you hear all these stories like oh man in the minors there was a seven hour bus ride to get here like were you looking around like oh man this is this is where i'm at like this is cool it's not even anything like what i've spent the last eight years of my life doing just off the field yeah bus rides weren't bad until i got to the southern lake <laughs> they were awful I mean, it was, you know, Memphis to Greenville. And then you'd get in Greenville at 3, try to find something to eat and go play. And it was just, you know, that's the way it was. But, you know, some of the best times were on yeah. the bus. You know, you really, you know, you've got no place to go. <laughs> you get to know your buddies, um, you know, and uh, have some fun doing that. But it, it's uh, it, it's part of it, the experience, you know. And, you know, Bull Durham uh, is the most accurate depiction of minor league baseball I've ever seen, <laughs> ever will be made. 
you know, there's a lot of truth in that show that, you know, I lived, you know. So, sorry. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, you know, getting that call up, what what was, you know, what do you remember about that moment and what was it like? I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in Omaha packing to go to uh, the airport in the morning to leave for a a series in Buffalo. And uh, Jeff Cox was my coach, and he calls about 11 o'clock. And he says, uh, stay by the phone. Hangs up. I'm like, okay. I'm not sure what that meant, but it might mean something good. So he calls me a half hour later. He goes, you almost got called up to big leagues. They changed their mind. I'll see you in the morning. (laughs) You know, whatever. It's kind of par for the course. But why even call me in the first place? He calls back half an hour later. So they changed their mind again. You're going to Kansas City in the morning, playing the Yankees, Coffin Stadium. And I remember calling my mom and dad. My mom, my mom was in the hospital at the time. It was probably midnight. Called and got her up, and you know, that was a thrill sharing that with my folks. Yeah, I bet yeah. that's awesome. And then, so you, you didn't play your first what couple of games, correct? And then you, first three games. First three watched, games. Yeah. So much. Got fever blisters. Getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about it. Yeah, but I walked into Kauffman Stadium. I looked at that flag. I'm like, I've never seen red, white, and blue sure looking colors in that man and just the the lines were laser sharp and you know it was green <laughs> grass and you know it was it was special man uh, we talked about the nolan ryan home run is is that the number one moment or, or is there a different thing for you that, that is like your greatest like you consider this was the greatest i think walking in the dugout for the first time you know and trying to convince myself man i'm a, a big leaguer you know, one, and then uh, running to left field in Canada Yards about three days later was, you know, leading off that game, and that was that was the cat's meow there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you ended up in Milwaukee after a few seasons in Kansas City. How how did you end up there, and you know, what, what was that like? Well, um, in 1994, I made the Royals out of spring training and played two games in 40 days, and they sent me down, and uh, that took a lot of wind out of my sails um, emotionally and kind of saw the writing on the wall with the organization and probably you know if i had went down there and hit 300 it had been great but i really stunk when i went back probably just in a mental funk more than anything and in december they released me that winter and i i told my wife i'd sign with anybody but the milwaukee brewers that's <laughs> 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 the only team that called me so like well i want to keep playing i'm going to go and the reason i and no knock on anyone from new orleans that's listening to this chance <laughs> are not many folks are but but that's where the AAA team was for the Brewers at the time. And the hottest place I'd ever played baseball in my life. And they were playing at the time at uh, UNO's field, which was similar to old Sunnyside at the time. And it just, it was rough. And, you know, it just did not feel like a, a AAA or a minor league atmosphere for that matter. Went there and played and uh, ended up making it back to the big leagues with the Brewers a year later. Was it was the call different that second time? I mean, was it the same that same rush? I mean, or how no, not really. We we played like a sixteen inning game in uh, New Orleans, and the manager called us in the clubhouse after the game. It was July, I guess. I don't know, June, July. This is weird, you know. It's two in the morning, and we got a meeting, and he wanted to let everyone know that I was going up to big leagues, and he That's just cool. kind of dropped it. He goes, "Hey, I just want to let you know, Cod's going to big leagues tomorrow." I'm like, I just got a double to. Get, get the game over with, and two minutes later, I got the call back up to big leagues, and uh, you know it's exciting, but not nearly what it was right. the first time. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. When did you kind of decide or know that it, it was it was over? Mm, about halfway through my last season, um, 
a, a kid by the name of Scarborough Green got called up to play center field in Louisville. That was my spot for the first two and a half months. And, uh, you know, Scarborough was 22 and I was 30. And, you know, I was that guy at one time, you know, and just kind of the wheels keep <laughs> rotating. And, uh, you know, I sat and watched basically the last two months of the summer. And as I sat there, I kind of thought, you know, this is going to be it. Play it out and see how it goes. And uh, I played the last game of the year, made the last out of the season, hit a line drive to the left fielder for the last out, season over, game over. And I got my stuff in the dugout. Before I went to the clubhouse, I found Michelle, my wife, in the stands, and I took my hat off, <laughs> gave her the you That's know cool. tip of the cap, and I got dressed and went out there about a half an hour later. She goes, "Did you just quit?" I'm like, "I may have." <laughs> so, but I did get a call the next uh, February from Cleveland to come to spring training, and I'd always told, you know, was honest myself, and I told Michelle, "I'll play as long as I feel like I've got a shot to play in the big leagues." At that time, the early 90s, well, this was the mid-90s, the Indians were stacked. They were winning every year. And I knew who they had at the major league level, the AAA level, and I'm just like, this is not a good fit. And I said, no thanks, and that was it. Did you have a plan for your, your post-playing career? I mean, had, I mean, obviously you played for a long time, but you had some time to think about it there. Yeah. Had you, Especially the last two months, I'm sitting on the bench <laughs> like, wow, I just bought a house, got a mortgage, and this is not looking good right now. But, um, you know, God had a plan there, too. My cousin's married to a financial advisor, and when I was playing with the Milwaukee, he's a, he was a big Brewers fan. He just kind of out loose said, I think you'd really enjoy this career once you got done playing. And at the time, I was in the big leagues. I'm like, okay, you know, and didn't really think anything of it. Um, but as the next year came around, we spent a lot of time in airports. I just started to pick up like Kiplinger's Magazine, some financial, uh, you know, just reading periodicals. And, you know, two months later, I'm sitting on the bench thinking, huh, this might be it. So long story short, I called him, you know, that fall and said, hey, I might be, might be done here. Um, worked out that winter, preparing to go to spring. It, the Cle Cleveland called me, but I never felt the fire burning and uh, to, you know, want to go play. And uh, so I called him probably two days after I told the Indians no and, and got hooked up with this company, started training, and been doing that about 20 years now. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, you started the Commodores back here. Did you get the itch to, to just be involved with baseball again? How and why did that come up? Well, um, I coached a couple years at Mount Zion at the Legion level, coached here in Decatur, and just didn't really feel that the, the platform was conducive for getting kids in front of college recruiters, kids that wanted to play college baseball. Um, that's no knock on the Legion program, uh, but I mean, that's the way it was. And it's the way it used to be that there wasn't, you know, the travel competitive. Right. Because um, you played Legion ball. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Best baseball I've ever played in my life, most fun I've ever had. And uh, so we, we formed the Commodores just with the idea of, of trying to get kids more college exposure that wanted it. So when we have our workouts, our first question is, you know, would you like to play college baseball? All of them shake their head. <laughs> so I'm going to say, well, not really. We just say, well, this is probably not, you know, the fit for you. Because this is first and foremost the, the, the objective here. And then we just, you know, try to get those kids exposed um, through tournaments where there might be 12 to 60 teams playing instead of one or two. So recruiters are, or, you know, they're going to go watch 
where they can see multiple kids play in one setting as opposed to maybe traveling you know a distance to see one kid play and it's just the way it is so that was that was really the primary reason that we did that i was looking back through the <clears throat> people who have been through the program and man it's you guys have had a lot of kids go through and, and yeah and go to college and, and i'd say 90 percent of the kids that have played have gone on to play co college baseball some of them um have have just understood hey i'd rather you know go get an engineering degree at Purdue or wherever mm -hmm. and I you know I know I can't play there but this is most important and we're man we're like go for it you <laughs> yeah. know you know but most of the kids that do play with us they end up playing college ball and they either know or figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their lives you know through college and once they get done there and uh, now we're getting calls from kids that were early in the program for references for jobs that they're applying wow. for now so it's really been a pretty cool thing the kids um you know they're always a part of our family and they feel comfortable enough to call for help you know five or six years out of our program and you know we're always glad to help them and a couple of our guys now are first to go through the new police academy training out you know at the uh, cool. south end of town i know they has got pepper sprayed monday i think <laughs> so they're still recovering from that so 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 but that's pretty cool to see kind of uh you know the kids go through their college days and um you know, figure out what they're going to do and, and mature and you know, get real jobs and, and be contributors to society. Do you get a chance to see these kids playing high school games? I mean, do you get out? I mean, obviously spring's really hard to, to yeah, play. Yeah, not baseball. especially this spring, not a lot of games going <laughs> yeah. on, but I do hitting lessons during the week, so I don't see a lot of high school baseball. That I, I will not really have a chance to see our six new kids play until the summer. So college coaches are saying, who do you got? And we're like, well, I think I got some pretty good kids at 16 you level, but call me in July and I'll you know, no more, but, you know, that's when I get to see most baseballs mm -hmm. in the summer, obviously, and more so than spring. Right. Um, you know, it's been, you know, in, in the surrounding areas of Decatur have been, has had some success baseball-wise, you know, talk about Orgena and, and Mount Zion, but, you know, Decatur itself has, it's been, it's been a struggle, and it's been a struggle for a while here now. Any, any thoughts on, you know, why that is? I think this, this year, um, outside of the first year, first year we had several MacArthur players in the first couple of years, MacArthur, Eisenhower, but it, it's been a while since we've had a MacArthur or Eisenhower player. I know we've got a, a kid from MacArthur that will be playing a really talented player this year. Um, can't really explain it. Um, I think there's kids very capable of you know playing baseball that that just don't play for whatever reason. I, I think you know the the game itself is pretty slow. <laughs> if kids looking for some you know excitement and action and doesn't mind freezing his butt off, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he might play. But you know it's just been uh, I don't know a period that's that's we're going through and maybe that'll change. I hope hope it does. But but I, I think both both schools are getting better and uh, kids are wanting to get out there and compete. And it's it's a challenging game. It's there's a lot of failure involved. Um, you know, you're out more times than you're safe. Um, there's nowhere to hide when you give a home run. <laughs> you know, like on the football field, you kind of, you know, you can blend in a little bit. But for whatever reason, it's just a cycle that Decatur's gone through. And, uh, I, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. It's incredible that in, in, in you know, an hour southeast of here, then, and you guys have, you know, have had and have several that Effingham, T-Town area mm -hmm. kids you know, you go an hour and a half southwest, and all of a sudden you have D1 major league prospects. I mean, it, it's incredible the amount of talent that, that it has come out of there and is still coming out of that area baseball-wise. Yeah. 
Any explanation for that? <laughs> I think kids play at a younger age. I mean, they, they practice. I mean, the kids that, that want to play whatever sport, they'll get out, you know, and, and participate by themselves. They'll go out and shoot hoops. They'll, I mean, they'll do the workouts, throw a ball off the wall and catch it with the glove. I don't think kids do that a whole lot anymore. But I think the kids that really want to play will do that. And I don't know if a smaller town, there's not as much to do, so they go do that stuff. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm throwing my hands in the air. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard yeah. to explain, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my last thing is: Do you have a favorite baseball team? And like, when were you able to admit that? Like, even when you were playing, like, eh, well, I, I have a, a favorite team elsewhere. Well, I grew up a Cardinal fan, yeah. and in my second year with the Royals, Cardinals Royals were playing the World Series, and I'm like, huh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> bite the hands that feeds me eight hundred dollars a month. I don't know <laughs> for five months out of the year, <laughs> or I could just root for the Cardinals, you know. So, but I, I still like rooting for the Cardinals. I played with Mike Matheny. Um, so I keep in touch with him a little bit throughout the season. And um, where did you know, play with him at? Milwaukee. Yeah, oh, in Milwaukee. Year, yeah. yeah. Okay. Two years with the Brewers. Yeah, we got to be pretty close. Matter of fact, I'll tell you, my last day in the big leagues um, was a Sunday day game in in New York playing the Yankees. We're out stretching, and uh, Lamar Johnson was our hitting coach, and he says, Phil. Phil Garner was the manager. Said Phil wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, here it comes, man. <laughs> you know? So I walked from the field back through the the halls there in Yankee Stadium and go in the clubhouse. And uh, he said, Hey, we're going to send you down after the game. And I just hit a triple the night before my last at bat. You know, feeling good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feeling good. But David Holtz was coming off the DL, and someone had to go. And uh, it was me. So I go back down to the field, and I just thought, Man, this is it. I mean, I just almost couldn't take any more of just the disappointment that I was feeling. So my group is in the field not hitting, but, you know, the Brewers were taking BP now. So I go in center field, and, and Mike's out there, and I just kind of lost it emotionally. And I remember putting my head right in Mike's back and bawling for like five minutes. So, you know, someone, no one maybe would see me doing that. But, uh, you know, I cleaned up a little bit, and I thought, you know what? Luke Garrett cried on this field. I've got nothing to be ashamed of. So, oh, that's and awesome. that was it. That was my last day in the big league. So I kind of felt it was, and wow. it was. So, yeah. Kevin, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming yeah, in and sharing, pleasure, and sharing some stuff with us. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it was. Fun for me, too. Thank you. Thank you.